message is from Family Worship Center. This message will not only build your life, but will make you experience the transforming love of God. Open up your heart and be blessed. Can I see your Bible? Whoa. Just raise it, wave it. It drives the enemy crazy. The devil doesn't want Christians who own Bibles. And definitely he is too afraid of those who take the time to read it. Say, this is my Bible. I love my Bible. In it is the word of God for me. The instructions from this book guides me. And therefore I am fruitful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Two quick openings. First Thessalonians 4.3. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and then 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Short reading this morning. Uh, for the sake of our first-time visitors, we began a series that we called Christian Character many weeks ago, many weeks ago, over 12 weeks ago, and we are on Christian Character 9. We're discussing sexual purity. Last week, we actually finished sexual purity because we told you it would be for three weeks. So what I came to do today is to do a wrap-up, answer one or two questions, and then we take the time to pray for ourselves. Is that okay? Wrap up, answer one or two questions, and then we pray for ourselves and ask for a release of blessings upon our lives and upon our homes. So it's a wrap-up uh, this morning. Uh, so let's go into the Word of God. First Thessalonians Chapter 4, verse 3 only. Uh, we can read it together. Let's read it together. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain sexual immorality. Let's do it again. Say this after me. Say, I receive grace to do the will of God. I abstain from sexual immorality. Thank you very much. First Corinthians 6, 18. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Let's read the last part together. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Somebody say amen. amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask this morning. That you permeate this atmosphere and saturate our hearts with your presence and the power of your transforming word. We ask, O oh Lord, that at the end of the day, we will be truly transformed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said, it's a wrap-up. We began the first week by defining what sexual purity is. And in that first week, we said that sexual purity is expressing our sexuality in thoughts, in words, and in actions, according to the guidelines of heaven. Sexual purity 
is expressing our sexuality in thoughts, in words, and in actions according to the guidelines of God. But I began by saying that sex is a good thing. It is God himself that made us sexual beings. The Bible says when he created them, male and female, he created them. And then he says, go and have sex. Okay, that's not what is in your Bible. What is in your Bible? He says, go and be fruitful <laughs> and multiply. Okay. And so it's God himself that made us sexual beings. But because, no, because God knows our tendencies, he didn't leave it like that. He gave us guidelines. Are you getting it now? He gave us sex, and then he gave us guidelines for expressing our sexual desires. And so we say sexual purity is expressing those sexual desires that were given to us according to the guidelines that God gave. And that anything outside of that guideline becomes sexual immorality or sexual impurity or sexual sins. Is that simple enough? And so God made us sexual beings and he gave us guidelines. And in following that guidelines, we are sexually pure. Anything outside of that guideline then we are no longer pure. Is that understood? And so we say the guideline is simple. The guideline for God that he gave to us is that there should be no sex, no expressions of sexual abilities or tendencies, either in thoughts, in words, or in actions outside of marriage. So we are not, God did not give us permission to express our sexual needs outside of Marriage. That is the number one guideline. And then we said, okay, God's guideline for marriage is one man. Male man. Adam. And one woman. Female woman. Eve. Not Adam and Steve. Not Eve and Evelyn. One man, one woman, husband and wife. No third party, no threesome, no foursome. One man, male. One woman, female. Husband and wife, God's guideline. That's what we said. And then we also said that within that marriage setting, God's guideline is also that the expression of sexual needs and the fulfillment of sexual desires should be by mutual consent, for mutual enjoyment, without coercion, without threats, and without manipulations. You remember that? Within the marriage. So number one, you can't have it outside of marriage. In the marriage is mutual consent for mutual enjoyment, for a, a, a companionship, and for procreation. Without coercion, no force, no manipulations, no threats within the marriage. We also say that God's guideline is that within that same marriage, if for any reason the expression of that sexual desire has to do with intercourse and deeper issues, it should be done by the genitals that God gave to man. Why are we quiet on me this morning? <laughs> because when he created them male and female, he gave them all that they need, nothing more than they need. He gave them there. Are you with us? So all these inventions, they tend to perversions. And if you are not careful, you cross the line. Do we understand? And we don't want to go near the line. We don't even want to go near 
the line. And so in the first week, that is all we did. We defined it, and then we briefly talked about how to keep ourselves pure in this sexually perverted society. And one of the first things we said is that you must make a decision. You remember that? We said the most powerful thing to do is that, first of all, decide that I'm not going to be like them. When you decide, then grace begins to flow. Decide that I will not be sexually immoral. You may have friends. You may have colleagues. You may even have pastor friends or bishop friends. But you personally make decision that I will not be sexually immoral. Then grace will begin to flow. And then we talked about burying yourself in the world. How can a young man keep himself pure? How can a young woman keep himself pure? The only way to keep yourself pure is to immerse yourself in the world so that the power of the world will keep you. And then you fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And then another thing we say is that how can you keep yourself? Learn the act of fleeing. That God has not called us to fight sexual immorality. God has anointed us to flee. So when there is an appearance of sexual immorality, don't stand there and try to bind and cast. Just flee. There is none of us here, I believe, that is anointed as Joseph. But the boy fled. The boy fled. And so scripture came back in New Testament and said one of the cures is to flee. You flee. Cut off all the triggers, and the triggers are too many now. Just too many. Yesterday, yesterday, on my phone, I mistakenly touched something. What I saw eh, is still tormenting me. I've been pleading the blood and pleading. The blood is almost finishing. Just be. <laughs> what I saw yesterday, just tormenting me. On, on normal Facebook, not on any hidden place. And so we are bombarded bombarded everywhere. So cut off all the triggers. For me now, I cut my Facebook off Monday morning. I bring it back on Sunday to see what has happened. And the trouble is too much. So we must be wise. So that, those were the things we said on the first Sunday. How to take care of it. On the second Sunday, we discussed the perversions. The different kinds of perversions. But we left out something that is very current. We left out sexting. We forgot to mention sexting. It was in the note, but we forgot. What is sexting? Sexting is sending sexually explicit materials through mobile devices. And so the world is so sick now, a man will take his phone, snap himself, send to a woman, nude. All kinds of horrible things. It is a sexual perversion. Yes, it is a sexual perversion. Uh, we forgot to mention it, but it's common. Some people think there is no offense in it. It is a sexual perversion. Praise the Lord. Uh, and, and so we did that second week. Uh, and we said that on top of the dangers, that second week we discussed the dangers of sexual sin. And we said the most powerful danger is that you corrupt the temple. And your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But for us, this body is already bought. It's not our own. And so corrupting it means corrupting God's property. Do you understand that? That is about the most powerful danger of sexual sins. So because when you now corrupt this body, which is the temple of God, you now open yourself up to the other diverse forms of demonic attacks. And so we cannot afford to do that. It's a powerful danger. It opens you up to all kinds and then robs you of your boldness 
And what we have as Christians is that we are supposed to come to the throne of grace with boldness so that we receive mercy. So without boldness, you just walk like this before God and you cannot receive mercy to help you. That was what we did the second week. And then the third week, we discussed about the benefits of sexual purity. Are there benefits? And we said, yes, there are benefits. The number one is that it brings honor and glory to God and his name. How many of us have heard about a man of God, the woman of God, who fell into sexual sins? And outside of him, where we were, we are not even in his, their church, we were feeling shame for God and for everything. So it brings honor and glory to God and his name. And then it brings honor and glory to you that comes with blessings and promotions and all kinds of things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so I beg you, this is a quick recap. It's three weeks, and I did it in five minutes. I can't say all. It's still on YouTube. It's free there. But if you need something to carry along, the CDs are there. Get it and listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This thing is a monster, and we must be desperate to deal with it. I'll answer a few questions. Number one, is cohabiting a sin? Is cohabiting a sin. In those days when we first came to Abuja, we used to hear of Abuja husband, Abuja wife. What it meant was that because of accommodation problem, you can't raise money, I can't raise money. So we bring our money together and then we stay together. But it's woman and man. Somebody's wife and somebody's husband. And so is cohabiting a sin? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Because what is the meaning of cohabiting? Cohabiting means two people living together and pretending or behaving as if they are married while they are not married. And so they bath together, they put their monies together. Yes. In fact, while I was talking about this, somebody from the village said, Pastor, even in the village, they, they carry a bucket and go to those toilets together and bath. Those toilets that has, they use cloth. I said, you mean? <laughs> I thought it's only a self-contained. They said, no, even in the village, they are so bold. They go together and bath together, cook together, sleep on the same bed together, and have sex. So cohabiting is a sin. Somebody say cohabiting is a sin. It's a sin. Proverbs 6.27 says, can a man take fire in his bosom and not be burnt? The man will be burnt. The man will be burnt. It's not possible to take fire and not be burnt. And so when you are cohabiting with somebody, you are actually tempting yourself. You're actually tempting yourself. You are exposing yourself and you are making yourself vulnerable. And you can't stand for long. Can I tell you the truth? You are not as strong as you think. <laughs> Don't be deceived. Uh, you know strong rich something. Uh, you know even near David. You are not as strong as you. Tell, help me tell your neighbor, you are not as strong as you think. So as Christians who believe that our own guideline, we're not talking to outsiders. If you notice, we decided to read all our scriptures from the epistles. Epistles are letters written to Christians. We're not talking to outsiders. We're talking to Christians. Our guideline is that if you are not married with somebody, you cannot cohabit. You are playing with fire and you will be burnt. You will be burnt. The Bible says that there are few things that are very difficult to explain. The way of a man and a woman. The way a snake walks on the rocks. 
those things are very difficult to explain. A story was told. A very dirty man, very, very dirty, rotten teeth man, and a misworld kind of babe were left on an island, just the two of them. The first day, the man greeted the babe. The babe said, get out. Come on. No problem. Three days later, the man greeted again. The babe didn't answer, but there was no get out. <laughs> after, after like one week, the man greeted said, eh. After three weeks, they came and caught them having sex. Nobody can explain the way of a man and a woman. And so the wisest thing is, don't play with fire. Don't play with fire. You will be born. So as Christians, we cannot cohabit. Another flip side of it is that it is a bad advertisement for the gospel. It does not paint the gospel right at all. And so when the unbelievers see us do that, it affects our power for evangelism. Did you get it? Did you get it? So it is not a good thing. You say, but the sister just came to town. There is no accommodation. Take her to another sister. The brother came to town. This brother is so nice. This brother cannot harm a fly. Yes, I agree. I'm not arguing. Just take him to another brother. One guy told us that they were doing night vigil. Don't do night vigil with a brother or a sister alone. No, don't. Don't. God did not approve of that night vigil, and I have not approved it. Don't. Glory to God. So cohabiting for us is a sin. It's a sin. And by the way, ladies, let me tell you the truth. A man will never pay for anything he can get for free. How can, why should I pay for a milk that the cow belongs to me? So don't chip in yourself. Don't chip in yourself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for encouraging me. So cohabiting for us is a no-no. It is a sin. Two people who are not married cannot stay together. Do not let your good be spoken of as evil. You are trying to give accommodation, but what he's sending out is not right. Number two, I am a single lady. I am dating a single brother. We are both born again, tongue-talking, spirit-filled. How far can we go when it comes to physical intimacy? Can we kiss? Can we hug? Can we hold hands? That's a question. Now, to answer that question, if you have been here for long and you know our pastors and what we have been taught, we are not a legalistic church that says, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. First of all, we want to believe that you have the spirit of God. That's number one. And so concerning how far it is too far or how far is too far for me to go, mind you, mind you, Sexual impurity or sexual immorality is beyond the act. So you can be a virgin and be sexually immoral. You have not done it, but your mind. So sexing has to do with the minds, our thoughts, the lust, the heart, even before we talk about the acts. And so how far is too far? We won't stand here and give you, do this, don't do this, you can kiss, you can't kiss. Can you kiss and not think? Answer that question. If you can think that you can kiss her and hold her and kiss her, 
and nothing is moving in your body. Fine, go ahead and kiss. Can you hold hands and hold hands and not feel anything? If you can, go ahead. What are we saying? We are saying that sexual sin is beyond the act. Somebody say we are just kissing. We are just hugging. What you don't know is that you are already defiling your thoughts, your emotions. And Jesus Christ defined it for us for the New Testament. He says, if you look, Matthew 5, 28, if you look to lust, what it means is that if by seeing the thought comes, then you have committed. If you, and that is why I say it's better you now remove your eyes so you don't even look. But we don't want one-eyed people in our church, so... Uh, <laughs> But see the seriousness of the matter. I doubt if you can kiss and not be emotionally involved. I doubt if you can keep hugging and holding hands while watching a movie with popcorn and not be emotionally involved. And so what do we say? Just wait. Just wait. I worked hard not to kiss my wife before I married her because I don't trust myself. Just wait. After you marry, the moment pastor pronounces you husband and wife, tell them we don't want reception. Just run. Just, just, just run to the hotel. Kill yourself there. God will just be clapping for you. This my son is strong. This my daughter is strong. Just, just go and kill yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. So how far is too far? Anything that would trigger an emotional involvement, anything that would trigger lustful this thing is a no-no. Just wait. You will not die. Just keep yourself. You will not die. Songs of Solomon 2.7, Songs of Solomon 3.5, Songs of Solomon 8.4. And I was asking why would God say the same thing in the same language three times? He says it's the law of emphasis. He says do not, do not awaken love until it is ready. Okay, I need the three versions that I gave you. The three versions that I gave you so that I press it home quickly. My time is running. All daughters, this is the Berean Study Bible. All daughters of Jerusalem, I adjure you by the gazelles. And those of the field, do not arouse or awaken love until the time is right. Until the time is right. And so you are dating, both of you are born again, both of you are spirit filled. But if you begin to do something, some certain things, you will arouse and awaken love. And until you marry, the time is not right. So you step out of purity into immorality. Is that simple enough? The other translation. Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you, do not stare up or awake in love until the appropriate time. When is the appropriate time? When you are married. And this is whole man Christian study Bible, standard Bible. And then the next one. You don't have it again. The New King James. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the doors of the field. Do not stare. Stare up. Or awaken love until it pleases. What he's saying is that anything that will bring you to that place, don't. Don't. And so what do we say? Even though we are not legalistic, there are certain things you can't do and then cut off the other side. The way we are wired, 
the way human beings are wired, especially men, especially men, especially men, the things are connected. And so we don't do certain things. Don't wait to get to the edge. You will fall off. You will fall off. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The next question is, I live apart with my spouse. What should I do with sexual temptations? I'm married. I live in Abuja. My husband lives in Ouagadougou. What do we do with sexual temptation? First of all, like I said, we are not a legalistic church, and we are also beginning to understand the exigencies of the days, the pressure on families, transfers, and all kinds of things. We can't give you, when you are transferred, don't go. If you get a job, don't go. We, we won't be able to say that because we are not in your shoes exactly. However, we always go back to Genesis. The Bible says after he created the animals, he brought them to Adam to name them. But there was nothing there that befits Adam. So he said, I will make a helper for you. So he took a rib from Adam, made it into a woman, and then the Bible, listen carefully. The Bible says after he made it into a woman, he brought her, brought her, brought her to Adam. Why? So that they can be in the same space. And that is why in Family Worship Center, we caution that it is God's will for husband and wife to be on the same bed, under the same roof, in the same house, in the same city. But we all know now that it's not that possible at all times. Is that okay? So what do you do? All the time, if your husband or your wife is not in the same place with you, you design, sit down and design something that will keep you in touch all the time. Thank God for technology. Call. Make video calls. Honey, how are you doing? Oh, sweetie, how are you doing? Oh, whatever. Darlene, how are you doing? Talk all the time. Schedule visits, regular visits. Schedule it. Sit down and agree. Honey, we are going to be calling ourselves four times a day. We are going to be visiting two times a month. You must do it. You must. If you don't, the way we are all so wired, the way we are all so wired, the one we see regularly, the one we talk to regularly, we fall for. And so you must not leave that space empty for another man or another woman. If for any reasons you cannot be together in one place, you call regularly, you talk regularly. In the evening, before you sleep, find a way to just talk about everything that happened in the day. What are you doing? You are keeping the bond. Schedule regular visits. Schedule regular visits. On the first day, when we are talking about how to keep ourselves pure, you remember I read 1 Corinthians 7. And the Bible says... Instead of burning with lust, marry. So I told you that one of the cures is what? Marriage. And then now you are married and then you are not together. So the marriage is not working well. The reason the apostles say we should marry is so that you can be together. In fact, in that place, it says, and when you are together, don't deny each other sexual fulfillment for long, except when you are praying and fasting. And don't overpray and fast. Is, is there, you've not seen it before. It's because of my time. I've already for you. He said, even while you are together, so that we don't allow room for this enemy to come, have sex as regular as possible as husband and wife. And anytime you're not having sex, it's because you are praying and fasting. And I warn you, don't overpray and fast. There are some women, because you don't want to do, you begin to fast. <laughs> that fast is 
God is not hearing you. <laughs> now me, they tell you so. God is not hearing. No. There was a reason the apostle said that. He said, it's not a command from God, but it's a command from me because it's a cure. When you are married, have regular sex. Well, if you are not having sex, let it be because you are fasting and praying. But don't overfast for long. Break it. So that you are not tempted by the enemy. So put all this in place if you are living apart and far away from each other. Somebody say amen. amen. Are we helping anybody this morning? Sit down and plan it. We are calling at all times. We are visiting. If it is too heavy for one person, he visits this week and then you visit alternatively. Why? So that you can keep the bond together. Praise the Lord. Okay, the last question because of time. My spouse is emotionally involved with somebody. I complain and say I should do worry. Nothing is happening. Pastor, am I overreacting? You are not overreacting. You are not overreacting. It's, it's, it's hard. It's only in movies. Actually, it's only in movies that you see a man who just meet right now and do it right now. In the real life, it starts from somewhere. It starts from giving attention. It starts from counseling. Sincere, very sincere, righteous counseling. It starts from put your head on my shoulder. It, it starts from the Bible says, he who is strong should bear the burden of the weak. And then, and then he graduates. And then he graduates. And then he graduates. And so it's not an instant thing. So don't say we are not doing anything. It is actually emotional adultery you are committing. Anytime you begin to give another man, another woman outside of your wife, more attention than your wife or your husband, you are already committing emotional adultery. Even though you have not done the act yet. You are already lost him. And so, if your wife is complaining and your husband is complaining, stop it. Apologize to them and say, I will not do it again. And let me say it again. It is not scriptural for a husband to password the phone and the wife cannot even open it. It is not scriptural for a wife to password her phone and the husband cannot open it. Between the two of you, you should know each other's password. Your password should be to keep outsiders out, not to keep any of you out. Is that okay? Is that okay? Your wife should know your password. Your husband should know your password. So that at all times, apart from provoking trust, it also keeps you in check. And stop that bad habit of texting and deleting so that nobody follows and traces. It's demonic. <laughs> Leave all your texts there. Christians, we have become too smart. But it's demonically smart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, if your spouse is complaining, now listen carefully. Listen carefully. The two of you are one. Don't you, I beg you, don't you make little the pain or the complaint of your spouse. If they complain about anything, don't say it's this small thing. No. If they complain, take it serious and do it right. The two of you are one. You are joint heirs of grace. 
joint heirs of grace. Let me explain what that means to you. First Peter 3, 7. Joint heirs of grace means that the grace that is allocated to your family is a joint account. And in order to withdraw it, your signature and your wife's signature is needed. And so if you treat her callously, recklessly, you can't sign that check. And so in 1 Peter 3, 7, you say, husband, I want you to take the time to study your wife and know her intimately. Know how she behaves when there's plenty of money. Know how she behaves when there's no money. Know how she behaves when there are in-laws around. Know how she behaves when she's not feeling well. So that you can dwell with her with that understanding. So that your prayers will not be hindered. What Christians are, are you that you allow your prayers to be hindered? You can't afford that. And so, I believe that God, through our senior pastor, allowed us to do this series because something big is coming. The Bible says to Joshua, tell them that something big is about to happen as you cross the Jordan. But first of all, I want you to cleanse yourself. I want you to purify yourself. Praise the Lord. Have we been blessed? Our time is gone. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Everywhere, all over. We are going to be praying. We are going to be praying. And we are going to be praying about this four weeks. And we are going to pray sincerely. This is what the Lord told me this morning. The Lord told me this morning that there are some families that their turnaround will start from this morning. From this morning. When the husband sincerely repents and the wife sincerely repents and they join hands and pray, there is going to be a turnaround. I heard it clearly with my ears this morning. There will be an abundance of blessings. And then God also told me that there are people who will come to church today because of something the husband did, because of something the wife did. They are still hurting and bitter. They said they forgave, but they have not forgiven. God is going to challenge you this morning to forgive your husband, to forgive your wife, so that something new can stop. It's a special service. So how are we going to pray? Number one, I want us to go to God with thanksgiving for everything he has taught us in these four weeks. Can we go to God and thank you? Thank you for sending this word to us. It's for singles. It's for married. It's for all of us. Purity. 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 It's for everybody. It's for everybody. God has challenged us in these four weeks. And so begin to thank him for the word. That he loved you so much to speak to you in this manner. When God speaks his word to you, it's a proof of his love. The word of God to a people is his love. Is his love. Is his revelation. Reveal himself to yours by his word. So let's thank him for his word. Father, we thank you for this word on sexual purity. For reminding us. For warning us. For cautioning us. And for encouraging us. We thank you. Thank you from all of your heart. Thank you for all of your heart. And right away, begin to declare that this word in these four weeks is going to be fruitful in your own life. You are not a wasteful hearer. You are a hearer and a doer. You are a hearer and a doer. And Father, what I have heard from you in these four weeks, I confess that by your grace I will do, and it will be fruitful. I will be fruitful in it. I will be fruitful in it. I will be fruitful in it. In Jesus' name. Isaiah 1.9 says, If you say you have not seen." You are maybe lying, oh. But if you confess, God is faithful. He will forgive you and cleanse you. Not Isaiah 1 9, 1 John 1 9. And cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So I want us, this, this is not a guilt trip. Whatever it is you have done, 
you are addicted to pornography, you have a sexual perversion, his forgiveness is here right now. It's not a place of complaint. I want you to go to him and say, Father, I'm sorry I asked for forgiveness. And if you can remember anyone that the enemy has been tormenting you with, call the name. I'm sorry I'm addicted to pornography. I'm sorry I've been practicing sexting. I'm sorry I've been eyeing another man's wife, another man's uh, husband. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It is not right. I have seen in your word. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Let's go to him and do that. Let's go to him and do that. Let's go to him and do that. Ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Every sin I have beheld or behold with my eyes that are impure, I ask for forgiveness. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Make me pure. Make me pure. Make me pure. Father God Almighty, in my thoughts, in my words, the things that I have said, the things that I have thought of, and the things that I have done with my phone, with my devices, with my hands, with my, with my members, whatever I have done with the vessels that you have given to me that is impure, consciously or unconsciously, I ask for forgiveness, I ask for cleansing. I ask for forgiveness, I ask for cleansing. You said if I ask, you will forgive. I trust you to forgive me. I trust you to forgive me. I trust you to forgive me. Rabadoshande labarakatalagandegesh embrakatalagande karabande kapash e karu jalangradesh ketula bangradesh e kapadosh katula bande. I receive forgiveness. I receive forgiveness. I receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness right now. Receive forgiveness. He is true to his word. He said, "If you ask, I will do it. Ask and receive forgiveness. Ask and receive forgiveness. Ask and receive forgiveness." Hey, glory to God. Glory to God. He says, if we forsake our evil way, we'll receive refreshment. Begin to receive grace to forfeit evil way. Say, Father, I receive grace now not to go back to my past, not to go back to the old ways. I receive grace to from this day continue in purity. I receive grace. I receive grace. I forsake I forsake every bad habit, sexually bad habit. I receive grace. From today, by your grace, with your grace, I'm moving forward. Pornography loses its hold off of me. Masturbation is broken off of me. I receive grace to live pure. I receive grace to live pure. Adultery and fornication is over. It's over. It's over. I receive grace to live pure. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Husband and wife, it's time to hold your hands together. Pray for yourself. It's okay to hold your hands in church and pray for yourself. I forsake. I forsake. Father God Almighty, I ask all of that you give me a hatred, divine hatred for sexual immorality. Fill my heart with divine hatred. Divine hatred that I will, dis- I will hate sexual immorality. Give me grace to live pure. Give me grace to live pure. Leadobo shande kaparashke ikando boko shakataya rebedesh le kabande gramando koshana mangra embreke tulla bangredish ke tulla bangatesh ekabaya receive grace to be dead to sexual sins to be dead to sexual sins to be dead to sexual sins to be dead to immorality father i receive grace to be dead to be dead to sexual immorality thank you lord jesus we give you praise we give you honor. 
We give you adoration in the name of Jesus. Now we are presenting our bodies, our members as holy instruments. I want you to begin to present your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet, your sexual areas. Present them to God and say, Father, I yield them to you. I yield them to you. I yield them to you. They will be for your glory. I will not use them to dishonor you and to bring dishonor to your name. No, I use them for your glory. Lay your hands on your head and pray for yourself. My body is the temple of the living God. Begin to declare it. My body is the temple of the living God. And I will glorify God with my body and with my spirit. My body is the temple of the living God. My eyes belong to Jesus. My heart belongs to Jesus. My genitals belong to God. I will honor God with my body. Every filthiness in my body is flushed out. My thoughts cleaned out. My thoughts cleaned out. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I sanctify my eyes. These eyes will not behold iniquity again. I present my genitals to you. I present my eyes to you. I present my hands to you. These hands will not touch anything that you have not given to me. Any woman you have not given to me, these hands will not touch. Any wife you have not given to me, these hands will not touch. These eyes will not look at immoral pictures. These ears will not listen to immoral music, immoral talks, jestings, coarse jestings, and dirty jokes. No, 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 no. I live pure. I live pure. I live pure. I live pure. Egadosh kabande kapaya rebado koshala mangarash. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Begin to thank him. Now we are going into prayer of restoration. Prayer of restoration. I can tell you the truth that there are many things the enemy stole from us while we were misbehaving. Tonight, this morning, we are praying, God restore to me everything I have lost because of foolishness, because of sin, because of sexual immorality, every opportunity, every blessing, every anointing, every grace, restore to me, restore to me, restore to me. The Bible in Acts says, Acts three nineteen says, after repentance, refreshing a season of refreshing shall come to us from the presence of the Lord after repentance a season of, re of, of, of refreshing begin to declare that because you have switched because you have changed restoration is yours blessing is yours increase is yours pray for restoration Pray for restoration. Joel 2.25 I will restore to you. I will restore to you. Listen to me, man of God, woman of God, child of God. God is going to bring restoration to you. Begin to declare it. You have changed. You have changed. You are determined to follow Christ. Restoration is coming. The job is coming. The peace is coming. The laughter is coming back. The opportunities are coming back. The anointing is being restored. The anointing is being restored. The anointing is being restored. Restoration. Restoration. 
restoration in Lagados Kataga. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life. What can wash our sins away? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Whole means whatever part the enemy took will be put back together. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Some of us, because of sexual immorality, certain shrines, sh certain, set, certain covenants are speaking against us. Let the blood of Jesus pick against those things and grant you restoration. Plead the blood of Jesus. You are married. Speak the blood of Jesus over your marriage. Split the blood of split the blood of Jesus. Split the blood of Jesus over your children, over your business. The blood, the blood, the blood. Ekapayas, rekapakatakatash, lekapakatakatakatash, 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 lepranoko takatakash, ekambadoko shagadagadash, lekandeboko shagadaga. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. The Lord just told me now for us to take this prayer point. God placed us here to do certain things for this city and by implication the country. There is a supervising spirit over every location. And so if that spirit is a spirit of lust and adultery, whatever you do, those things will reign. As a church, I want us to take authority over the atmosphere of the FCT. That in FCT, sexual immorality will fade. Can we do that? Can we do that? Can we do that? Father, we stand in the authority as priests and kings. This is our jurisdiction, the FCT. This is our jurisdiction, and by implication, every part of Nigeria, because this is the headquarters, we declare that sexual immorality is broken. The spirit is broken off of our land. We stand in the place of authority as priests and kings and we say what you desire. We say what you want and we declare that in this FCT, sexual immorality is bound and cast out. Bound and cast out and by implication our nation every demonic sexual ritual we cancel their effect on their nation, on our nation. Every demonic, yakute pari kapaya badoshke pada reketu mani katuzea epai ketu gelange takaya rebadosh kembra kish kataya kodogodoshke. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we are sliding. Our nation affects our behavior. The economic state. The infrastructural state, everything affects our behavior. You see a decent girl, decent girl from her father's house, first class, can't get into the office because the August says, you must sleep with me. Aha. A decent businessman because they say until you compromise. So it's an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem. And we are Nigerians. We have authority. Let's pray over the land. Lahash. Pray over Nigeria. Father, we take our country and we lift to you. It's our nation. It's not by mistake that you made us Nigerians. So we stand in the place of authority by blood and by birth 
and by citizenship and by naturalization and we declare that this land belongs to you we enthrone you as God over Nigeria we enthrone you as God over Nigeria we have heard rumors we have heard rumors that certain men have taken our nation to shrines, taken our nation to water bodies, taken our nation to spiritual places and made contract with our nation. We stand in the authority of the power of the blood of Jesus. We declare as the church that Nigeria is the Lord's and your will and your purpose for Nigeria, that shall stand. That shall stand. That shall stand. Your will for Nigeria your purpose for Nigeria that shall stand that shall stand we reverse every ordinance of the wicked one we reverse every planting of the wicked one we uproot a katu yakapa you have given us the power to uproot and you have given us the power to plant we uproot unrighteousness we uproot wickedness we uproot corruption we uproot every demonic activity. We plant righteousness. We plant righteousness. We plant righteousness from the villa to the local government office, from the senator to the councillor in the local government area. We plant righteousness. We plant righteousness. Nigeria will not disintegrate and fade away. No, 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 no. We will not all become refugees. No, 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 no. We enthrone you. We enthrone you. If he gets to eat, take men as ransom for our sake. If he gets to eat, take men as ransom for our sake. Father God Almighty, I boldly declare that even in this church, there are more than 10 righteous people. You told Abraham, our father, that if you are up to 10 because of you, I will not destroy the land. In this church alone, not to talk of living faith, not to talk of the redeemed, we are more than 10 righteous people. This land will not be destroyed. This land will not be destroyed. This land will not be destroyed. Let them kill cows. Let them kill human beings. Let them bury them alive. We stand on the authority of the blood of Jesus. We redeem this place called Nigeria. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your great love for me. I am born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank you for blessing me with your spirit and your word. I confess that your word abides in me and causes me to be fruitful. I confess that by your grace, I am free. I am free from sexual immorality. I have the grace. Somebody shout, I have the grace to live in sexual purity. I will not engage in any illicit sexual acts, in thoughts, in words, and in actions. All my members are sanctified and yielded to God. My marriage is honorable. My life is honorable and blessed. I associate 
with the right kind of people. I confess that I am totally forgiving. I am totally cleansed from all unrighteousness. I have eternal life. I have eternal life. I possess kingdom blessings. I am heaven bound. I say it loudly. I am heaven bound. I am not of this world and I will not live by its lost. The kingdom of God is my passion and my priority. I commit to glorify God in my body all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody give him praise. 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 Thank you for listening to this message. You will be blessed when you do the things that you have heard. You can make a brand new start in life by becoming a child of God. It's as easy as believing in your heart as you say the following prayer. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Jesus, come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. I declare right now that I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations if you just said that prayer. It is important that you join a Bible-believing church immediately so that you grow in knowing Christ. We would love to have you visit our church in Abuja, Nigeria. For more information about this ministry, you can visit our website at www.fwcabuja.org. God bless you. Family Worship Center. We care.